0: Welcome to Talk Tank. Hello, you have reached the Talk Tank, the official LSE Entrepreneurs podcast, where we delve into the minds of those who think, live, and breathe outside the box. My name is Danilo, and I will be your host for today. Welcome to Bits and Beists, our series dedicated to innovation and technology at the heart of society's change. By searching into the technology that drives transformation, we will meet the humans who revolutionize our lives, bit by bit. Introducing our guest, Tunde Adekaye, aka The Pitch Doctor. And his story is an interesting one. Starting with a background in law, he took a leap into the world of investment banking at Credit Suisse, where he navigated the intricacies of telecom media mergers and acquisitions on the media and tech side. And here is where it gets really interesting. Tunde ventured into the startup realm, called emailing his way into an agriculture tech startup in Berlin during its Series A phase. Fast forward to Series B, and the startup turned unicorn, marking Tunde's initiation into the world of disruptive innovation. Equipped with his startup experience, he made a pivot to the world of venture capital, working with two funds, Local Globe VC and Icebreaker VC. The latter, a pre-seed fund, made early investments in the likes of Spotify, and Tunde supported 13 startups in their pre-seed stages during his time there. He is now in the zone of advising founders on nailing their pitches and developing his own startup working on an AI model that helps founders improve their pitch. I myself have been fundraising for my startup and some time ago, I hit up Tunde for a mock pitch. His feedback improved my pitch, but he also delivered some real insights on what VCs truly value. I believe it helped me get positive results So I invite you to join us as he shares his expertise, experience, and valuable tips on navigating the dynamic landscape of startups and venture capital. first of all, thank you for being with us here today. It's a pleasure to talk with you again. And by this point, I have already introduced you to our listeners, but why don't you say something about yourself so they can hear it from you too?
1: Uh, Hi Danilo, Um, yeah, just to to say a few words about myself, I'm Tunde, Uh, I'm the founder of Pitch Doctor, um, pitchdoctor.app, we are building an AI co-pilot, which uh, essentially ingests your calls with VCs, um, and then immediately gives you like a report with feedback on, you know, what you could do better, how you could improve, um, and how your message came across. Um, A bit about myself, before starting with pitch doctor, I worked as a VC for four years at funds including Creandum Local Globe, and Icebreaker. Um, and prior to that, I worked at Infarm, which is an agricultural tech unicorn. Uh, and, then, uh, and then, you know, just because it's an LFP podcast, I also worked as an investment banker for three years at Credit Suisse. Awesome. Um, but that's me.
0: Yeah, that's that's LSC Dreams. So you have- <laughs> You have an extensive experience with investing, with uh, VCs, and also with, with startups. So uh, what was the thing that inspired you? And what was the, the, the moment when you said, OK, now I'm ready to venture into, into my own startup, into my own business? Do you think that there's, there are certain indicators that a person is ready for that? And what was that for you?
1: Yeah, I think there were kind of two things which, which uh, kind of pushed me. So one is like, the, the it's very, you know, some people want to start a startup because they you know, for a startup sake. I wasn't one of those. one of, What I found was like I was working a lot with early stage startups and the problem that they had with fundraising really, really, really annoyed me. Like, like it's, I, I get irrationally annoyed by like the kind of idea that there are companies um, that are good and could raise money but are really like kind of, you know, messing up their message. Um and we saw that kind of I saw that on both sides, both as an investor looking at I got and thinking, you know, there's something here, but there's no way I can get this past the investment committee because I don't believe in the founder to, to do his or her job um at like presenting this because it's not to 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 be mean to founders, it's because they, you know, they never got a chance to see it before. Um, so that was like one core motivation, like a real burning problem. And then the the, sec- the second thing is like the I I kind of did like a risk analysis, right, for for myself personally. So I just moved back to the UK um, from from Sweden. I was living at home with my parents, which you know is kind of embarrassing when you're 29, but you know it's actually very cheap. So you know from a risk perspective, you know there was kind of less financial risk there. And then I realised. Okay, work case scenario. I've spent a year, two years doing this. It doesn't work, but I'm pretty sure I can go and find a role um, and a role in the future and continue to feed myself, etc. So, from a risk perspective, it made sense. And then this, this thing really, really annoyed me. So I was like, I have to, I have to do this and, and try, and, like, make this small corner of the world that I care about.
0: Yeah, that's 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 awesome. The, the, it's in line with the maxim: don't uh, get, don't uh, love your solution; get to love the problem. Yeah, similar 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 thing thing with me i i got uh, i got an idea for my startup uh, by being annoyed during uh, working with professional selection consulting yeah. so more about your more about your startup experience uh i know that i know that uh, it's not the core of, of of your of your business but why don't we start just from step zero and that's how to get to VCs, you do have a professional experience because you basically uh, use cold emailing to, 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 to land a job in the startup world into a great uh, startup, agriculture startup uh, from, from from Berlin. So what are some main routes that you would suggest for young founders that they can use to even get in touch with VCs? Is uh, using more informal routes at the beginning, more efficient maybe? Yeah, so
1: you know there are. I'll give like two sets of advice around this, right? So, um, if you have a network, right? Unfortunately, the world is really unfair, so use it. Um, you know, one one thing that I actually learned from from Alice, um, the founder of EF, uh, Alice Bentnick, um, was that when they were fundraising for entrepreneurs, what they used to do is they used to like tag team intros. So they'd go kind of, they'd figure out who they want to talk to, make a list, they'd figure out who's connected to them on LinkedIn, and then they would get multiple people to, like, make the intro or be like, have you spoken to these guys at the same time? And even though you think, okay, that sounds intuitive, should have worked, it really is really, really effective because the person receiving end is, okay, like, two people have contacted me about this thing in a week, it must be interesting, or this person in a week, they must be interesting, I'll have a call with them because two people I trust actually, and people are always trying to save time. So, you know, if, and that's why people take recommendations. That's why you, you look at a movie recommendation to save time. You able to waste your time watching something or listening to something or, or hiring someone or, you know, that, that, is, that no one, that, that isn't good. So people take recommendations. So that's kind of one thing. If you have the intros, use it, use them. Um, if you don't have the intros and you're kind of cold emailing your way into people's you know, inboxes then personalization is key that's like one kind of core aspect um and so you know for example when i may, wrote that that um intro, that inbound sorry when i wrote the cold email to, to get my role at infarm i like figured out who i was going to talk to i found like the podcast she was on claire was on that's my own boss um, but yeah found the podcast claire was on you know basically tried to figure out everything about that and then i wrote like a You know a very kind of personalized message being like hey you know this is really interesting um or you are really interesting i saw you on this podcast and the person really feels like you spent time into the message um and then obviously then that's kind of like how you open, and then you have to kind of pitch yourself but it has to kind of be succinct and punchy about why you're important so how i would advise a startup to do it if they were trying to get in front of an investor is to kind of think about you know the three things the three four most important things that make them really interesting, the most attractive things. And also like the things which show that you meet the investor criteria. If I'm doing it for an individual, then I'm kind of doing a similar thing. Like I'm trying to showcase the skills and experiences I have, which align kind of as perfectly as possible with what they want. So if, you know, they wrote a blog post about something that you know about then you're trying to kind of connect yourself to that thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think showing that you've done your research both on like a personalization level, and then like tailoring what you say about yourself to kind of essentially match, um, you know what the fund invests in, or 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 what's the unique aspects of their business, what they're looking for.
0: No, that's that's a really that's a really awesome ad- advice. Uh, so basically, dividing into into in two parts. One of them is network, and the second one being the way you approach or personalize and tailor uh, your your approach to the persons you are you are speaking with, and I'm, i I reckon that uh, LSE students who are most of our listeners, already have a, a network in terms of or an entrance to a network in terms of LSE generate, who is who provides an awesome support. And even LSE by itself is a is a nice nice recommendations when when reaching out. And you mentioned networking being being a really core skill there. Uh, and I know that uh, I know some people that are absolutely amazing and naturally talented uh, in networking i myself think that i'm mediocre at it i just tend to be relaxed and uh, when having informal talks with even vcs I have it uh, in a way that's not too different uh, when from when i speak with my colleagues and or peers or friends about my startups but i know that uh, uh, especially younger founders uh, have issues with finding a, a sweet spot for networking there so what do you think is the what do you think is that spot what do you think is the way that to seamlessly integrate the pitch into the conversations in some networking event or informal meeting coffee or
1: yeah i um it's it's i think to be honest it's, it's relatively easy as a founder um to talk about your startup people just typically ask you right so like i, I found this in the last month like okay you know you you enter conversation with someone and and they say, what do you do? And we say, like, I founded a company. And, like, oftentimes I don't actually want to talk about my, I, you know, it's been a bad week, you know, I'm getting kicked in the face by, like, life and sales or whatever, or not working. And, you know, you say I started a company and people are like, okay, yeah, what is it? What do you do? How's it going? So normally people will kind of be information-seeking um, about, about startups and VCs even more so because it's, like, they have a job. Um, where I would say people... Like from my perspective as a former VC where people could improve is like punchiness and clarity of what you're saying so a lot of the time sometimes people would describe your the startup their startup to you and you really wouldn't understand what it did um, because the, the the description wasn't clear so I think like actually that clarity is probably one of the the, the cause to like having good productive conversations you know I and this isn't that good of a stat, but i tell people if they ask me about a startup um about you know pitch doctor you know i'll say you know we're creating in uh you know we're creating like a a co-pilot which literally transcribes your vc calls and provides founders with like analysis on how it went um right after and then i'll say something like you know we we did a kind of test um with 40 users and the average rating was like four stars four out of five stars we're very early version and you're ready um have like some sugar in there so that someone is like okay this is something that's working it's and, and also they have like a, a good picture of the idea quite quickly um yeah I think that, that would be it
0: oh yeah that definitely I can I can relate to that even even when I was in consulting business uh, being to reference and only speaking of uh, the and rambling information about that are important to you uh, personally was a, a big problem in communication so so yeah that, that perspective on, on, on just finding uh, finding informations that uh, are actually relevant to the person you're talking or speaking with is you have spoke to to a lot of founders in the, in the last uh, couple of months for your startup and a lot of founders and even more founders when you worked for a VC. so what did you notice to got back in the in the in the stuff you were speaking at the beginning, what did you notice that are the big challenges young founders struggle with? What was the thing that irritated you the most that or inspired you the most to to start doing this?
1: i I, I wouldn't narrow it to young founders. but put it together kind of all founders, right? Um, or most like ninety percent of founders. So I think most founders have no conception of how important the team is basically all the way up to series A. But like they have no conception of it. And like, you know, that is really like 50% of, of the investment because it's so early that people don't, like everyone has a plan. So I could say, hey, I'm gonna build an LLM with a million, a trillion parameters and it's gonna work. And yeah, I'm gonna call it Chat chat GPT. And like, people won't fund me, but if Sam Altman says it with, you know, Ilya, et cetera, it, it works because, because the investors are taking a bet on them, mm-hmm. right? Not just taking a bet on, you know, not just taking a bet on on the idea. I think because, you know, as a founder, it happens to me as well, you're so in the weeds, okay, my product's gonna do this, it's gonna change the world, et cetera. Most founders do not pick their team to anywhere near the extent that that they have to, and if they, if the, the the VC doesn't believe in your team, like you you you've lost. You're not going to get money because at that stage you're basically betting on the execution.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I remember when we did a mock session. The the, the like uh, the the feedback most important feedback for from you was that I'm underselling my team.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're underselling your team, and you you had all of this like domain expertise which was just really like it was kind of being skimmed over and I'm okay this whole idea has come out like of of like real life experience with these problems and you even have people with even more experience with these problems and credentials and reputation in this field in your in your founding team and like why isn't that coming across you know why have you you know why why do people just say something really quick like you know I have seven years of tech experience right and was like hey that's not enough you know, that's doing what, for whom, where, why. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's like the one thing is like your team is 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 so important. And like, you know, you will leave the call or and you know the VCs will go to the committee and they'll be like, Yeah, like the, and the first best question that someone will ask me is like, how's the team? And but like, if I can't if the answer is like there is no answer the the answer is the default is good average or bad um and no one and we don't invest in average teams we're investing you know we hopefully invest in good and great teams so yeah average is fail in, in in like uh, venture fundraising
0: Mate, and, on, and- on the team and it makes sense it, it makes sense when you when when you get into the perspective of people that are sitting behind that desk looking at your pitch, they when they are making the decision, their best best bet they their best bet is your team. and it's it was actually a, a, enlightening to to start thinking from that from that perspective. And what are some other other areas besides the team that are that are main focuses of vCS? Yeah.
1: so I mean, like the way I think of and I've I've been trying to piece this together. I don't know if I'm going to articulate this perfectly here, but the way I now think of, of like, you know, how people are looking at venture investment is there are kind of two levers at the early stage. So you're looking, if you think about, like, see how a venture fund works, basically, you know, say you're going to invest in 20 startups. You assume that, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 18 of them are going to fail, and the, the two that succeed, two, three, four, that succeed are going to pay for everything else. So in essence, like the the startup act kind of like options. So like you know, yeah. it sounds like kind of cold and hard, but you know they're kind of like options where this is early stage investing. Growth stage is a bit different. Like you can't have the same have the failure rate, but they act as like options. And so when you pitch a VC about your business, you're basically trying to convince yourself that you're an option, right? In the sense that okay, you're going to pay a little money now. And in the in the future, you're going to be worth wildly more, right? Wildly, wildly more than than what you than than what you're worth today. And so, in a venture call, you need to convince your your part of the job is to convince the VC that you have a, the characteristics of a good option, right? So that's where like market size and product yeah. you know, problem solution come in because you're thinking, okay. Like what does a good, if you think of a company as an option, what does a good one look like? Well, it it needs to have a market where like, okay, if they do win, there's so much money to be made. Um, And you also kind of need to believe that people actually care about this problem. They're kind of interlinked. Like if no one believes in the problem, even if the market is big, or if no one has the pain, then you go, okay, well, no one's actually going to do this anyway. That's saying like, is this an option, right? Does it have the characteristics of like a venture, scale, winner, winner? and and also like the, the problem is important because like the pain, feel you know, like that that pain normally increases the speed. The more painful it is, or the more sometimes it's not pain, sometimes it's greed that people feel. But the, the more emotional your users are about you, the faster you can grow. So like your know, problem and solution slide into the product, etc. And, and and the um and the market sizing slides and discussion prove that you are like a, a venture option. And then team and traction. Are like, how believable is it that this team can actually turn into that option? Team for the reasons we just discussed, traction because you know what you know if something's already working, it's probably likely to continue working. So like you can be and and so at the early stages, team is like not team is more important than traction because normally it's so early like you know you've got 10k revenue, it's impressive or whatever in like a month. But it's not enough to be like okay does this go to 100 million right so in the early stages team is team is more important than traction but the more traction you have the more people just start to believe other parts of the story because even if they didn't believe them in their hearts they like the data is blacking them in the face um so like if you think about it like am i an option is it believable so and and, and so i think a lot of people really fail on most people don't fail on traction they just don't have it right which is actually okay at early stage because you could you can raise money off your team um, and then people really fail on market guys they really fail to like understand that like i don't want to invest in a business which is going to make 10 million a year and that's the final thing it doesn't matter like it won't like that's a bad investment for me my fund isn't going to get paid back not good um good business but not a good business for me because i'm basically a gambler who's kind of my options uh, uh and then and then so most people fail to paint a, a vision of a market which is large enough to sustain a venture outcome, uh, and that really shoots them in the foot. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if if it's not large enough, I can't invest.
0: It in doesn't matter. So the, the the if I if I to to summarize it, the it should include the team, market size, and problem product. So yeah, and the, what do you what do you deem is the right ratio we, we we already mentioned that the that the uh, a, a common mistake is just going on a, on a rumble about the features and and, and products so that's a, that's a red flag and uh, underselling the team is a red flag and uh, yeah. not representing the right numbers for your market size is also a red flag but what would you deem as a good ratio of how one should focus on the problem product in relation to team or himself on or, or the journey yeah i think so i think
1: product is interesting because people need to kind of know what you do to, to kind of care but i think what so the 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 problem is often more important than the solution not saying that the solution isn't important but if i don't believe that the problem is real like you know a lot of people will be like you know everybody hates I don't know cycling. <laughs> that's a bad example. And you're like, but, but no, that's actually a good example. And I go, what do you mean? Everybody doesn't hate cycling. Like, I like cycling, so I disagree with the problem. So then I stop believing in the solution. Like, okay, yeah, I believe that you can make this solution. I believe it's great. I believe you have great credentials. But like, I don't believe anyone cares about your thing because I don't believe it's a real pro- problem. So okay, I think a lot of things like you, you need to make sure that your problem. Feels actually painful. It's about doing it crisply and using real evidence of like user pain. So I think you don't, I don't think of these things in, in, in terms of, of time. I think normally most people spend the correct amount of time on on their problem and on their solution. I just think like the amount, the type of content that they have in there is not normally that punchy. And I think the common mistakes are like either like overly philosophical things. So you say, okay, like you're, you're a tech startup, which does something around like carbon capture, right? And then your problem is global warming is bad. like, And I mean, yes, true. No one can disagree with that. Everyone agrees that problem, but it doesn't tell me anything about like that customers are gonna be motivated to buy you, right? So you can already see like there's a, you can say, okay, this is a problem and no one will disagree that it's a problem, but it's not strong in like creating the sense that, okay, your solution is that like the inevitable response everyone is gonna take. So it's more, it's less about the amount of time people spend there. And typically people people do spend maybe a bit too much time on their solution. Um, but what I would say in terms of like how you actually time pitches is like, if you think about it like this, right? You have, you probably should be able to get the core of your pitch out, like, and this is without any questions in 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So 10 to 15 minutes is what you're plugging for. And you want to spend, I would say two to three minutes on your team. Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Team, like doing it comprehensively. Um and I think if and normally people are quite good at timing the rest, they just skim their team and they skim their market size. So two to three minutes on your team, maybe two minutes on the market size. So just make sure you give enough time for those. And then Use the rest of your time for kind of like problem solution traction, and normally that could rebalance quite nicely. Um, it's a bit hard to say okay, you spend one minute on, but like I, I normally say, like okay, like two to three minutes on your team just to make sure that you do it properly, so you don't skim over it and mark it, nice and that you do it properly, and then after that it should fall into place.
0: Awesome, yeah, that's 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 really. One of the things that I see as perspective changing there is the notion that uh, founders should focus on just the emotional salience of the of, of the, of the problem they are presenting. So, for example, if something that, am I right in saying that something that would land really well at uh, VC's ears and catch their attention is that, for example, you speak about founders being uh, anxious and inexperienced uh, in, in, in pitching uh, not knowing what to do and uh, wasting their, their 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 leads, their 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 network on unsuccessful pitches. And for example, in my in my example, uh, what would be great would be speaking about how hiring managers and CEOs hate the hiring process that's uh, inefficient, that's that relies on reading CVs, uh, uh, not uh, not efficient screening conversations, and so on and so on. Yeah. So so the
1: emotional. Yeah. Exactly. So. It, that's it. So it's like there needs to be like an the user or the potential user needs to have an emotional connection to what's going on
0: yeah, that catches attention definitely yeah that's, that's yeah it. yeah also yeah also one of the things that was one of the more one of the useful feedback I received from from you which I actually used to 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 successfully win one pitching and win 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 a grant last week was prioritizing information. so basically what you, what you mentioned also is that founders have ten minutes, fifteen minutes max. in my case, I had I had five minutes, so I had to prioritize. and I really really really, really again, enlightening the, the feedback was just left leave out some stuff so they they can ask questions. So basically, that's what I did. That's what I did. And what do you think uh, should what informations do you think should be? or left out from, from, from the pitch that are relevant and that founders should expect the, the VCs are going to ask them about? Yeah,
1: I, um, like the way we, the way I think about it is, okay, what do I have to talk about? Like in every pitch you have to do, there's no way you can go for a pitch without doing a team, without doing a market sizing, without telling people what your product is,
0: mm-hmm. without
1: telling people what your solution. Yeah. what so what the problem is or like the emotional kind of thing that you're Start is tapping into um, without telling people what your solution is, and if you have launched, then you have to tell, talk about like how it's gone. Yeah, you don't have any options. Uh, so those five, right, and then stuff, which means that you're not going to get to one of those, is really bad for you, right? Because if you miss team, it becomes a question mark, which and the question mark is into to no, right? If you miss market size, it becomes a question mark, and again, question mark turn to no. So I focus on like making sure that those are well covered and clear. And then where startups get really lost with time and like start including loads of information is like, hey you have a traction slide and there are, you have 10 stats you can use, use free, right? You you can't use, you know, you're gonna be speaking for five minutes on traction. Or you have a product slide and there are 15 features.
0: Yeah, that's free. That's kind of overwhelming
1: yeah it's over. It's overwhelming people then they don't even get the significance of anything you spoke about so 15 features ends up being like zero features whereas three features there's three features and they go okay okay cool you know they have this this and this right so yeah that's that kind of how i think of it
0: yeah that's a nice comparison and i i'm, I'm glad that i had a, a good idea about it that because that's basically the the the, the thing that I did I left out the competition and I was prepared for the question I ended up with the thank yous for your attention slides and the time free with all, well, to open the question to open the discussion and answer all the questions and the first question was did you do research on your competition and I mm-hmm. had prepared the next slide that's 20 companies that are classified <laughs> in being indirect competition direct competition their size and so on and so on so yeah that, that, yeah. that seemed to be effective so, and uh, we spoke about red flags we spoke about uh, the structure and the uh, the common common mistakes but uh, what are some characteristics of good pitches that you that you listen to what were, what were the most promising characteristics of most prom- promising ones
1: clarity is really really important so i think any good pitch like normally in the first like 3 minutes you understand exactly what the you you understand what the product is doing and who it's for. Um, you know, and then you, the other the other characteristic is, and I think sorry, a key part of clarity and it goes back to something we we're talking about, is like picking what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like picking, like you make cold, you make hard decisions and you cut content which is interesting to you and it may be interesting in a Q&A, but it, you just don't have the time to do it now, or you can't say it now without making everyone confused about. What the core of the message is
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so be, yeah basically avoiding confusion seems uh, seem to be a really 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 important uh, factor there and what I have what I have been meaning to 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 also ask you uh is uh what uh, besides besides going through what uh, what a good what a good pitch uh, should cover we mentioned also emotional salience and highlighting that and using storytelling is big in the media business it's big it's a big part of presentations when you're in consulting uh, industry i i i've been in in both of them so uh, regarding pitching is there a way to actually overdo storytelling and emotional salience is there is there a, a, a degree where, where to which that should be used you, yeah you, you can definitely overdo it
1: mm-hmm. um you know so i kind of am in the i'm always like going back and forth between like whether pitching is storytelling storytelling is pitching um i think you I, my current position is that you use stories within your pitch mm-hmm. so you use stories to make certain points resonate but every story needs to have a so what right so say i'm describing my my product i might te- i might you know give the one two-sentence description of the product and then tell a story about what life is like without the product mm-hmm. right and and so i'm basically using the story to punctuate like the general point, also people get it exactly like what what we do, or alternatively, if I'm talking about the solution, I might tell a story about what a user did with the solution. you know this person was you know it was pitching for a year, it didn't really work, they struggled, but then after they used the solution, the pitch went very well um and they you know instead of getting one you know. Getting one out of 10 first meetings, they got eight out of 10 first meetings, and you know, or something like that. So, I, I think you can use stories in pit, pitches as weapons, but the, every story that you tell needs to have a purpose. So, sometimes people go overboard with storytelling. And I've seen a pitch where pitches, climate tech pitches, where people are just like, you know, the you know, the sea level is rising, ice is melting, and you know, and their thing is like, a carbon capture marketplace right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and like that story is probably the wrong story anyway like that story is like a wider climate change story which is definitely related but like you've just you lost three minutes what yeah you should have done is maybe told a story about how i don't know large multinational corporation who wants to buy carbon credit mm-hmm. um tried and bought some and spent a million euros or something. And then those carbon credits turned out to, to already be double counted. And so they got, they went a scandal in the newspaper. And that story is really directly like touches your, what your company is doing. So there's a so what to it. Whereas the climate change story, the so what, it's like the distance from the story and what you're doing and what you're selling is
0: too far. So it's,
1: it's a dangerous, you can, you, can, you can misuse stories and, not, and just basically waste time
0: I see. I see your. I see your point there. Just basically, uh, the important thing is that the story is is relevant and directly, co- de- directly connected to to the startup. Not just not just some broader context. Because chances are you are you're right. If your idea is solving a specific problem, that's gonna that's gonna land well. It's chances are your idea is not ending world hunger or something like that.
1: Because yeah, exactly. Because the stories need to like we were talking about. You know what? What are these kind of criteria underneath everything? The person who's listening to the story, the VC, is still trying to figure out: okay, does this look like something I can invest in? So your stories need to kind of serve that purpose, where you're thinking: okay, this story is supposed to tell someone that the market is very big, or this story is supposed to tell someone that the problem is really painful, or like even you can tell a story about yourself, right? You can say this story about you know my experience. Yeah, the story I told about my experience getting really frustrated with um, companies not being able to pitch. If I was pitching my business, that story would tell the listener that I have domain expertise, that I really know the space really well, that I'm an expert. So that story served the purpose. Whereas I could tell a random story from like credit Swiss days, which wouldn't really help with anything, but and and it wouldn't advance the you know the pitch in that case.
0: Yeah, that that's a fascinating one, and the uh... we we covered uh, we covered really 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 specifically a lot of issues and and a lot of common mistakes regarding pitching and now you touched upon your your business and your startup and i think uh, i I myself and i deem listeners as well are really interested to to hear more about the ai model that you're working on that that is uh, that would help uh, founders with their pitch
1: yeah so so i mean it's it's fairly simple um right now. So and still in development, uh, you can sign up for the wait list actually on the pitch doctor website. So it's a pitchdoctor.app. I'm sure like the link will be in the in the comments or show notes. Um but essentially what we do is we we take transcripts or recordings, of course, you can send either um, between founders and VCs. Um we have a basically I've kind of provisioned and trained an AI model to mm-hmm. kind of find the most common mistakes that founders make in like the way they present themselves. They're like, for example, if you don't talk about your team enough, it will tell you. Or if you kind of talk about your market size, but you, you kind of ramble and you go all over the place and it's kind of top down and not bottoms up and it's not convincing, it will tell you. Um, so essentially immediately after every single call, as a founder, you're gonna get feedback, like a feedback report on like, what went right, what went wrong um, in that pitch. And so that way you can kind of solve this problem that I think many founders have, where you know you pitch 10 VCs, you don't get any meaningful feedback from them, and then you know maybe if you've got some, you know the second call would be better than the first one, and the third one would be better than the second one. And so that's that's um that's kind of what uh what we're doing. We're still kind of developing it. Um, in, in, it's in beta right now, so we're kind of a little bit, but that that's um, Pitch Doctor. So yeah, check, check it out.
0: Yeah, that that sounds really really interesting, and I, and I think just the, the the area of uh, AI analyzing video and providing feedback is one of the most fascinating things that could be done in the next in the next period. We are actually also planning on developing a, a AI model that would analyze uh, uh, hiring interviews and and provide feedback uh, with to 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 the hiring manager and assist him in, in making creating decisions. And we are kind of struggling, struggling with it. I was wondering if 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 you could. Think maybe some founders to do, which also have ideas uh, similar to, to to these ones would be listening to us what are maybe your your main struggles in this area with, with the ai with the ai yeah definitely with the, yeah with, um, it's costly and, and difficult to do that to, to develop the model
1: yeah it's, co- it's it's definitely
0: the cost is cost is one thing um
1: although i mean i think that goes down over time right i mean already like since i started like we were using gpt4 which is like i don't know three cents per thousand tokens is now down to one cent. And, you know, there's a bit of a price war. So, you know, maybe Google releases something which lowers the price for everybody um, soon. So, so I think that's helpful. Um, but my my current approach is like, we have like a checklist, and like a set of like true or false on various kinds of things, like characteristics, things that people do within a pitch, right? Um, So we take the checklist, You know, we mark stuff as true, false, true, false, etc. And then using that checklist, you can already see, okay, you know, what you know, you have a question like, was the founder asked um, to quant, like, did the founder talk about their market size? Yes. Was the founder did the founder quantify them? Did they provide a number rather than say the market is very big? Yes or no. They say yes, okay. Okay. Um, And also, let's say they said no, so they they didn't quantify the market size. And then you got asked, did the investor ask the founder to quantify the market size? And then say so that's the yes. So then you can see, okay, the founder got asked a direct question about the size of their market and didn't answer it. Mm-hmm. And that's so it. then you so then and and that's quite easy for an LLM to consistently and then and then what you can do is you can kind of like define like a bunch of the errors, and then you can send your conclusion. Is that just like yes, no, yes, no? So you can just send your conclusion back to the LLM and say, okay, the founder asked this and failed and you say find it in the transcript and make a report about that so that's kind of like the approach we're currently looking for where you kind of have it a bit narrower like kind of narrower questions to kind of reduce the risk of hallucinations Mm -hmm. um and then you feed it what so you kind of yeah you've analyzed the form kind of quite like a rigid binary way and then you feed it the responses and then tell it to find the stuff and
0: it's quite good at doing that so that's currently
1: the approach
0: oh yeah the, the, the ai can be the, the, as much as it's, it's a black box and it can be it's, it can be as biased or or worse than than than. than, you. than you know when i i remember when chat gpt got out I, I was really curious about uh if, if i can use it in 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 my ventures there and uh, I asked ChatGPT to describe me an ideal programmer so it was bear in mind it was it was it was a matter of days after its it's it launched. Released, yeah yeah and the way to describe ChatGPT described the, an ideal programmer starting with the sentence ideal programmer is 35 to 40 year old <coughs> white male oh my gosh they fixed it, obviously. After, after. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They they might have to fix
0: that. Wow. But you probably don't have don't have such biases, but uh, in in the in the model now. But did you during your work? Did you maybe notice regarding pitching some not, interesting uh, biases?
1: Not, not, not yet, not yet. But I mean, I think also like then when you're really like writing very specific instructions, it does narrow it down. Um. What it what it can what horrors it can dig up um but yeah
0: do you uh and one thing that's interesting uh do you think that uh, it, it's a uh, it's again related to to to, to pitching but again with, uh, related to you to to your startup and do you think non-verbal like biases such as non-verbal communication or 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 even even attractiveness of the of the of the presenter uh has been shown to to bias human decisions in 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 Interviewing, do you think that uh, such bias? Yes, same, the... same. Yeah, no. At least the one which
1: has gone away because of Zoom a little bit is hype because you can not tell how tall people are. But like, um, yeah, like all of the biases there are, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're present. Um, they're present still. Um, in 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 pitching, and it's a uh, it's a difficult problem to solve. Um, very difficult problem to solve. Yeah, do um,
0: you think maybe you plan maybe on implementing models that would uh, capture use of nonverbal communication and then take that into analysis? With, but I deemed the technology is not at, at that level yet.
1: I think there's stuff which does like tone, like tone analysis and an analysis, mm-hmm. which you can implement. I guess it's not the it's not the core uh, right now. So, I mean, you can change it it's a bit harder to the hardest change. Um, so the core is like really, and this is like leveraging my my knowledge, like my unique angle, right is is to kind of like really focus on what you say because that's like the easiest thing to control. and then you know nonverbal communication, et cetera definitely can is something that we'd we'd look to add in the medium. Term.
0: It's the same one. so, Tunde, it was uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you i think that i myself could spend hours hours talking about just this topic the the last one we we touched upon yeah. uh, but, uh i'm going to just ask you if maybe you have some closing words or messages for uh for our listeners most of them being uh, young founders or students interested in 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 tackling their own 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 venture and yeah
1: yeah, I mean just check out check out um, it's uh like on there, it's not just products, right? And I think that's one thing we haven't touched on. I've been writing some extremely like detailed um newsletters and blog posts really trying to help like explain like things that people don't really tell you about fundraising or like how to come across convincingly and believable, um, how to come across as convincing and believable during your fundraise. Um in in various areas so like i think one of the main problems with venture content uh is that a lot of it is maybe philosophical and it's written for a vc audience so they're writing we were they are writing for each other yeah. and not really to help so they don't really provide like manuals and guidebooks into how to do x y and Z. so that's why i've been trying to do
0: awesome awesome so you you heard it folks uh, if this talk was uh, as interesting and as educative to you as it was to me you can expand your knowledge uh, by checking out the pitch doctor it really has a, a lot of uh, resources uh, in more details than regarding the topic that 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 we spoke about today tunde once again it was a real pleasure talking to you and thank you very much for being our guest all right thank you